Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. No, I don't think there's any concern that we're going to underestimate BYU. We're uh, playing them again, but we have a really new team. We've got a lot of new guys up front. we got new guys in at almost every position. We got guys who, this is their first year being raised back. They got a lot of transfers, so this is a new team. They're a new team. They're a really good team. We've watched a lot of their film. They won a lot of games. We're not underestimating them at all. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode because that's what's required. On 103.7 The Buzz. With my boo tastes like too late for the everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great wide open Wednesday so far, as we have an hour left to go, where we still are going to have, of course, three and out and some other storylines. And also going to have Andrew Ellis joining us here in just a little bit, as we'll get the latest on uh, the Razorbacks and their press conference and the practices and them getting ready for BYU, which we know is a huge game for both teams, but uh, for the Razorbacks, they can't be losing any home games, especially in non-conference this year. Can't really afford to do so. So it's a very, very uh, important game for all intents and purposes. But we'll talk to him about that, and we'll probably get in some basketball and also some baseball with all the things happening uh, in Razorback land there too. But uh, we had someone texting on the Sunstroke Solution, Solutions text line as uh, asking about the uh, Razorback baseball schedule that was officially released. Uh, it uh, was uh, <laughs> it did not have Tennessee listed. I'll, I'll say that it did not have Tennessee listed because that's that's the series everybody looks forward to. Which cracks me up because it's like that's a game that everyone like really hates Tony Vitello out of, which I get totally. I understand that, even though I still believe he's going to be Arkansas's coach at some point in time. But that's like, why everybody better get on board. I know that's why I'm like I'm not, I'm just not going to say anything negative about him anymore. Now, if he does something towards Arkansas, then that's problematic. But uh, overall, I think it'll be uh, it'll be just fine for uh, him being over there and just uh, doing his thing in Tennessee. Dave but, Van Horn said they're friends too, so everybody get yeah, over it. That's my thing. It's like, hey, if, if they're friends, then they sh- they should be good to go, and, and every Razorback fan should be should be good to go. But uh, yeah, so they're they're not playing each other. They're playing a lot of great home games still to this day that I look at. And I'm like, man, because uh, like it's hard in the SEC. Totally not easy whatsoever. But if you're telling me the only road games that Arkansas has this year, the only road series that Arkansas has this year in baseball is at Auburn, at Alabama, at South Carolina, at Kentucky, and at Texas A&M, like, sign up for that. Sign up for that quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because your toughest ones are going to be at home. It's going to be the tough no matter what's the SEC. But still, you get some really good and highlighted games there at home. Uh, this upcoming baseball season. But we'll talk about that later. And I know it's football season and people are all on board and all having fun with that. But we have to talk about what's going on with Razorback practice at the midway point of the week as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Andrew Ellis of hogsports.com and friend of the show. And Andrew, as always, man, appreciate you joining us this afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. We've uh, we've reached that point that I'd like to talk about where we're almost done with all of the press conferences and all the whatever and I don't have to practice anymore. Now it's just game week and it's Looking forward to Saturday, and now the countdown begins. So I'm doing great. Yeah. So you talk about the practices, which I know you know through fall camp you're going to quite a few practices. You can only see so much, 
And then in game weeks, it's like the b- beginning part of the week, you can see some of the practice, but as the week goes on, obviously that gets cut off. So uh, what do you get from practices during game week? Anything? Like, is it anything different from fall camp? Is it anything that you see that really stands out? Like, how how has it really changed or any sort of difference between what practices look like now than what they did a few weeks ago? Yeah, I feel like it's very legitimately rare that you go to practice on a game week and you notice anything out of the ordinary. Um, you know, I feel like leading up to the Western Carolina game, I remember actually writing it in a practice report that I thought that the offensive line looked a little sluggish. There was a lot of arguing, a lot of people talking back, a lot of, like, frustration, it seemed. And I remember writing about that, and I remember thinking, I was like, I'm being unfair. You know, I'm, like, reacting to five minutes of practice. Um, but, you know, after the first two weeks of the season, I, I feel a little bit vindicated, at least. The offensive line is the only group this week that, still just sticks out to me. It just seems like there's just no energy over there. It seems like there's no, you know, urgency. Just kind of, there's just a weird group. But I remember noticing the linebackers and tight ends in particular, and really most position groups, but I remember on Monday when we first got out there, the linebackers were just popping each other. I mean, you know, you do your drills, you do your individual, the stuff that they do every day in practice. So a lot of times there's, you expect some of the older guys, especially to kind of just go through the motions a little bit. They were smacking each other and the tight ends are doing blocking drills and almost knocked a few of us over on the sideline because they were finishing the block so hard. And I remember thinking that was noticeable. And then Sam Pittman said it today in his press conference that he felt like there was kind of a, an emphasis on physicality. and He could feel a little bit of a different vibe with the team. It was like they were a little bit more locked in, a little bit more focused. They're not having to ask guys to pick it up, having to ask them to strain a little bit harder. And uh, I think that that kind of mirrors what we were seeing on Monday and Tuesday in practice. Again, not a huge sample size. We're talking about 20 minutes both days, but – I felt like there was a little bit of a sense of urgency at practice. It was like almost like the team could tell, hey, this is our first for real game. You know, this is a game that we hypothetically could lose. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a different water here, you know. And uh, I think that Arkansas is kind of excited. They're looking forward to the atmosphere, and they're looking forward to playing, you know, their best opponent to date so far. So with that being said, Andrew, what, what kind of uh, changes or differences do you expect to see in this game against BYU? You've seen some tweaks in practice, but once they get into the game, compared to what we've seen over the past couple of games. Well, you know, in the second half against Kent State was really the first time, you know, in the in the in the two games they played so far. The second half against Kent State was really the only time we saw KJ Jefferson take a leadership role in the in the run game. You know, we've we've all talked about the offensive line, talked about the running backs, and how they can't really get things going. The second half, they kind of reminded us that. They have that card in their back pocket that K.J. Jefferson can just run QB power, especially against some of these non-conference opponents. They can kind of just control the game that way. And Sam Pittman actually talked about it, that they were going to try to avoid doing that as much as they could in those first two games. All that's out the window now. I mean, you know, Arkansas fans might not view BYU as, you know, a top-level opponent, but Arkansas has to treat them that way this week. And so I think right from the jump, you'll probably see K.J. getting a few more design runs from the early going kind of what we saw down the stretch last week. And so I think that changes the entire dynamic of this offense and this run game. And so, and I also think, you know, Arkansas's offensive line has not exactly dominated their competition at this point. And so now you're facing a BYU defense that's played really well in the on defense and especially up front with the run game. And so it's a really interesting challenge for them. And so I think that we're going to see a little bit more motivation, a little bit more physicality and some you know, tenacity from this Arkansas offensive line. I think this is they, they know they have a legitimate test on their hands, which really wasn't the case the first two weeks. And so we'll, I'm gonna I'm interested to see how they respond to that challenge. And so, you know, it's going to be a night game, big crowd, a lot of fans there. I, I think you're going to see a hyped-up Arkansas team. You know, something that I thought was fascinating last year, Andrew, is Arkansas struggled to get off to a good start, especially offensively, it seemed like every game. You know, they were always in a hole. I think that to Alabama. They were down 28 to nothing, stormed back, and – Made it, uh, I think, 28-23, and then after that it, it was no good. But you just kept having these issues where you could not get off to a good start offensively. But against Western Carolina earlier this season, they got off to the hottest of starts in that first quarter, 21-3. to This last week they didn't. So the start of the game, how important is that for Arkansas to be able to not only set the tone but with the energy, with the atmosphere being the night game, to go out there and get some points on the board early and try to set the tone? Yeah, I think it's definitely important, especially because, like I mentioned, it's going to be a night game, 6.30. It should be the best crowd Arkansas played in to this point in the season. They'll have you know games where they're plenty hyped up, but that's another thing is you go out you, you go out there and score on your first possession, you get that crowd behind you, 
it's a completely different atmosphere than it is if you three and out on your first possession and maybe you're a little stumbling out of the gates on offense and it's like three to nothing at the end of the first quarter. It's a completely, I mean, you, you know as well as anyone, like those crowds are just completely night and day different depending on what happens in those first few minutes there. And so I, I agree that's definitely a big thing for them to set the tone. One thing that stuck out to me, you know, uh, Kalani Sadaki, BYU's coach, actually mentioned this today is that, you know, they're, they're doing the running clock on first downs where the, the game seems shorter now because there's less plays because the clock is just kind of running until the last two minutes. And I think some teams have been a little caught off guard by that. And so it kind of puts an emphasis on you got to take advantage of your opportunities on offense to kind of make the most. And, you know, I think if you if you start off slow on offense, the game can kind of get away from you. And Tim didn't even talk about this, that you're looking up at the scoreboard and you're like, man, there's like four minutes left in the second quarter. We This game's kind of flying by and the score is not really what we want it to be. And, you know, those first two games, it felt like there were a lot of, there was a lot of pressure on Arkansas to win by, win convincingly. I mean, I came on this very program last week and so they were going to kill Penn State. And so I think there was a little bit of that pressure where they, they get off to a slow start and then it starts snowballing and you feel that pressure a little bit. So if Arkansas is able to just go down and get seven points on that first position, I think it does a lot for, you know, just building confidence with this team and kind of getting them on the right side of that so it doesn't get away from them as much. And so I, I agree, it's going to be huge for them to, start off fast and that's something that Arkansas's offense has done under Dan Eno's back if you go back to you know when they were cooking back in 2015-2016 they usually started fast pretty well. BYU coming into this season have a new quarterback Keaton Slovis and then with uh, their offensive weapons some of the ones they had last year have moved on so what do we know about BYU going into this game and uh, what they've done so far this season? Yeah, you know, Keaton Slovis is a guy that's been around forever. I mean, USC, Pittsburgh, I mean, he's, he's, he's been in college football for a while, and, he, you know, he's had numbers. And I think he's a solid transfer quarterback, but I do think he's a step down from the guy Arkansas saw last year in Jaron Hall. I think he was a little bit more of a well-rounded threat. And, uh, you know, BYU's offense in general last year, I mean, I forget the guy's name. It's like Pakua or something. Puka Nakua. He's now, <laughs> Puka Nakua, yes, who's now with the Rams. And you see what, how, how capable he is. And, I mean, he's a guy that Arkansas really had trouble with. And, I think that if you look at the projected over-under on, on Vegas, it, it tells you that they're expecting a much low-scoring affair here. I mean, it was 52-35 last year. I don't think we're going to see more of a shootout in this game. I think BYU's offense is not quite at the level it was last year, but I also don't think Arkansas's offense is firing on all cylinders. And BYU's defense had a lot of trouble slowing down Arkansas really all over the place. I think Arkansas had 640-something yards of offense on them. BYU's got a completely different defense, and we'll see how good they actually are when we get into – the real season, they're playing tough teams. This is a big test for them, obviously, but ton of transfers on that side of the ball. I think the five or six of their their starters on defense are transfers and guys that have played a lot at other schools. So it's a kind of a completely different challenge for Arkansas. But you know, it's BYU defense playing with a lot of confidence. They just really haven't given up much. I think only about 120 rushing yards on the season to this point. So this is kind of the biggest test for this Arkansas offense, and I think it's kind of the perfect opportunity for them to get things going a little bit and build some confidence. Because it, it, while it is a tough test, it's also not as tough as some of the, as some of the tests they're going to face in the coming weeks. So you're the Andrew Ellis of HawkSports.com here on Out of Bounds. Now, Andrew, uh, I think everybody's kind of expecting or at least hoping for the win, and this can be really a telltale sign. But uh, just looking at uh, Arkansas's offense we've spoken a lot about, the defense on that other hand, I feel like has just dra- drastically improved from what we saw last year. Still a lot of season left, but have only allowed one touchdown so far this year. The D-line's been pretty good, and the secondary has been impressive, and they've even had two pick sixes in two straight weeks. Just looking at the Arkansas defense, gave up a lot of points to BYU last year, but I- I'm with you about the low scoring, and I think Arkansas's defense is actually going to make it very difficult for BYU in this game. I agree 1,000%. You know, anytime I think about this matchup and kind of trying to forecast how it might play out or what's going to happen, you know, if Arkansas gets off to that slow start offensively, which we saw last week and something that we've kind of seen them do a lot under Sam Pittman, mostly with Kendall Bryles there, if they do, I think this defense gives them a lot of breathing room. I mean, similar to the Kent State game, you know, you know they gave up some yards there in the first half. They really gave the Arkansas offense a chance to settle into this game. I mean, even gave them a lead with the pick six before they even, you know, had a chance to do anything on offense. So I think that that definitely gives them some breathing room. So however long it may take for this Arkansas offense to settle in a little bit, I do think this defense, I'm, I'm buying at least the hype in this matchup that I think they can keep it going. I think they can force Keaton Slovis to make some mistakes, which he loves to do. Um, I, I really think this is a, a decent matchup. I mean, this is a BYU offense that has not been firing on all cylinders themselves in the first two weeks, and they scored 14 points against 
same Houston State. So it's not like Arkansas is going to be facing some high-powered offense that's that's clicking all all of a sudden. You know, I think there, it's a decent matchup for Arkansas to do some things. And and you know, who knows if they're going to have pick sixes or all these turnovers and outscore opponents themselves. But I do think that they're not going to let this game get away from them too bad. And I think that BYU's offense this particular season doesn't feature as much as many issues as they did last year. And so I think this is a a pretty favorable matchup for Arkansas. And I'm going to be honest, I, I, I think this spread should be double digits. I don't I don't know why it's trending the opposite direction and it's getting down to seven eight range. I, I, I just don't I just don't see how Arkansas is in a night game at home against BYU and not at least a double digit favorite. It's just kind of confusing to me. Coach Pittman said about the run game is much more than the offensive line that everybody needs to be better. So what's it going to take to get the run game going? Yeah, you know, it's going to be very interesting. They have to they have to find a way to generate explosive plays, and that's one thing that they just really haven't had. I mean, you think about last year, anytime there was any weirdness going on with the offensive line, it seemed like Rocket Sanders was breaking off a big run every, you know, every third quarter or something like that. So it felt like they had those big plays that kind of turned the tide in their favor. This BYU front is really aggressive, and they move a lot up front with the defensive line, which is something we've seen this Arkansas team struggle with over the past couple of years as teams that move a lot pre-snap and kind of come, bring guys from different directions, different stunts and blitzes. So I think Arkansas can kind of use that aggressiveness against them. A lot of the pressure from this BYU defense comes from up the middle. So if Arkansas can get the ball on the outside, you know, with some of the speed and the athletes they have, they're blocking well on the edge. I think you could you could find, you could see Arkansas try to generate some explosive plays in the run game, which again, like I said, just really hasn't happened to this point. And so if they can hit on some of those early, I think it really opens up, you know, the RPO game opens up deep shots in the passing game. I just think it really sets up the entire Arkansas offense. And so there might be some times where that BYU run blitz gets through and stuffs them, but I, I think there's going to be some times where Arkansas is going to find some seams. And I think that's really the key. It's not like Arkansas it has been a disaster in the run game. They're getting their three, four, five yards at a time here and there. We're just not seeing those open seams and those huge holes where A.J. Green finds a seam and hits it for 30 yards much. I, I think that, that we're going to – that's going to be the key. Is Arkansas has to find a way to generate some big plays in the run game, and it might have to come from K.J. Jefferson. So in the rushing attack, with the running backs you just mentioned, you don't have Rocket Sanders. Like, Who's the running back, and it's going to be all of them, but who's the running back that's got to step up? Who's the one that you think that it's going to be having to break out for a big game? Because as much as I like all those running backs, I just don't know if you're going to have to rotate them so much to where you're trying to figure out who can get something going, who's the one you're looking forward to the most. Yeah, you know, A.J. Green had a decent performance last week. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say he lit it up or anything, but I mean, I think he finished with 80, some 80, 82 yards, somewhere in that range. Dominique Johnson's numbers looked a little bit worse than he actually was, but I think Arkansas fans kind of know what to expect with Dominique Johnson. The one who I'm, who I'm a little surprised has been as quiet as he's been is Rashad Dubin. It seems like every time he gets in there, something goes wrong and he's coming right back out. I, I don't know how many snaps he's played. He's only had a handful of rushing attempts this season, so I think this is a week where Arkansas really needs to find a way to get him going. You know, last year in this matchup, I believe Rashad Dubinian caught his first touchdown pass, so maybe that's something they can get him going in the passing game and maybe just get him some comfortability in the offense. And I think he's a, he's a huge weapon that if Arkansas is going to have Rocket Sanders out for a few more weeks, which it kind of seems like it's trending that direction, they're going to have to have someone like Rashad Dubinian or perhaps the freshman Isaiah Augustov. One of those guys is going to have to kind of step up and fill some of that void. And I think A.J. Green and Dominique Johnson have kind of been who they're going to be. But I think Rashad Dubinian has a little bit of a you – know, there's more to show. And I think he hasn't really flashed in these first two weeks. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dubinian ends up being the one that kind of steals the show for Arkansas on the run game this week. Andrew, what would you rather see? Arkansas get a close game, get a close win, but have the run game going and something that we're wanting to see and haven't really seen so far, or to get a dominant win and do that by passing the ball? That's a great question right there. I, you know, I, I think that a close win, if Arkansas is able to really get the game, you know, get the run game going and run the ball the way they want to, let's say it's like 27-24, but they're running for 200 yards in that range, I think that, you, you know, fans would probably live with that. Even if they don't cover the spread, I'm sure there would be some that were a little upset by that. But, you know, BYU is the type of team where they overachieve. And so I feel like they're, they're the kind of program that if you end up winning a close game against them, it's not like a super – panic-inducing situation. So I, I think that Arkansas fans at this point just want to see Arkansas play some bully ball up front. They want to see that run game get going. And so I think that first option you mentioned probably is it. But I don't know. There's probably plenty of fans who would rather just see them win 42-6 to six and they don't care how it looks. You know, if the defense plays as well as they have been playing, then maybe that's just what Arkansas fans want to see. But for me personally, I would really like to just see some semblance of hope that this run game, 
is going to get going at some point. I, I really do think that, despite it being a tough matchup, I do think that's what we'll see in this one. Before I let you get out of here, Andrew, I know it's been all about football, but I'm just curious, the baseball schedule for Arkansas got officially released. I know you're a big baseball guy. Just I think it's an incredible schedule, especially at home, but what would you make of the schedule? Yeah, I really I really like the schedule, and I really like that midweek matchup with Texas Tech. They're going to do that two-game series, which I believe they did in 2018. I think there's a chance that Arkansas's non-conference RPI might be a little bit lower than it was. You know, It might be closer to what it was in 2022 when they ended up not hosting a regional. If Arkansas takes care of business, they're still going to be in a good spot. But I was a little surprised to see James Madison pop up there. But I, you know that was that was, a, that was an interesting one. But you know, you, they have Arkansas does a good job of finding those programs, kind of like a Louisiana Tech. McNeese State is the one that they're playing this year. I think those those two programs right there are kind of sneaky decent matchups that could end up helping their RPI a little bit. But I mean, if you just look at that home SEC schedule, you need plenty of opportunities for Arkansas fans to have. Some great times here. You know, I think getting Florida in Fayetteville is always fun. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss at home. I mean, it's, it's going to be a really fun schedule. I mean, it always is. Arkansas plays in such a good league. It's hard not to have a pretty good SEC schedule, but I really like it. And of course, I like going to Arlington, so I'm looking forward to that trip again. And, uh, you know, it should be a fun one. Yeah, it will be. And it'll be here before we know it, but still got a lot of football left and plenty of things to talk about. But, Andrew, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. I'll be seeing you up there in Fayetteville, man, and uh, we'll probably be catching up with you next week, all right? Good. Looking forward to it, Don. All right. Appreciate it. Again, that was Andrew Ellis of HawkSports.com joining us here on Out of Bounds. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have some other headlines, some more of your text messages that we'll get into, and uh, we'll also uh, have some fun with uh, some of the phone calls, too. So we're just going to keep it moving. Wide open Wednesday. It's what it's all about. But it's all coming up next here on Out of Bounds, so you better stay with us. Scott is at it again with his Razorback Song of the Week presented by Dr. Jimmy Tucker at Ortho, Arkansas. Join Morning Mayhem each week as the smooth, dulcet tones of Roger Scott bring you his Razorback Song of the Week. It's all brought to you by Dr. Jimmy Tucker at Ortho, Arkansas and your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. This is Center. Big weekend of Razorbacks Athletics is upcoming. Starts with the volleyball team as they travel to New York City. They'll take on the Buffalo Bulls in Queens at noon on Friday and then return to Queens on Friday night when they take on St. John's at 7 p.m. Also on Friday, Arkansas soccer is in action as they take on the Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville at 6 p.m. You can watch that game on SEC Network Plus. On Saturday, September 16th, Arkansas football takes on BYU. 6.30. You can catch it on 103.7 The Buzz and ESPN2. Volleyball also has a game that night. They'll take on Bryant in Queens at 1 p.m. Then on Sunday, soccer host Grand Canyon University in Fayetteville, 1 o'clock start. You can watch that one on SEC Network+. Plus. I'm Josh Neighbors for The Buzz Radio Network. I know the last three years, people have got accustomed to paying sticker price for a brand new vehicle. Well, it's not that way anymore at Red River Ram. If you're looking for a new Ram truck, we've got heavy-duty four-wheel drive trucks starting at $49.5 or up to $12,000 off sticker price for a Cummins diesel. And we've got $11,000 off Ram 1500 Bighorn four-wheel drive trucks. If you want the best selection and the best buying experience, make that beautiful drive right here to Heber Springs. Now during Ram Power Days. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Don't miss a single NFL game this week. Monday night, the Bills take on the Jets. Quarterback showdown, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. Thursday night, it's the Vikings versus Eagles. Jalen Hurts look to stay in championship form. Sunday, the full schedule, 13 NFL games. Gridiron brunch and Sunday fun day drink specials start at 11 a.m. And next Monday, it's a doubleheader Monday night football. Saints versus Panthers and Browns versus Steelers. Brewskies, you home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. 
Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in Whitehall. Trey Schapp and Chris Shinnup with Arkansas Urology. Chris, it's the 19th annual kickoff to men's health event, this time coming to North Little Rock. Yeah, Trey, we've had a great month, and we're excited to get to our clinic in North Little Rock, 4200 Stockton Drive, on Thursday, September 28th. Gentlemen, 40 and over, it's time for them to get screened, is it not? That's right, and like our CEO Scott Davis says, you come in for a free screen, and you might win a 65-inch flat screen TV. 501-263-0926 for more information, sponsored by Baptist Health. This is the Pigskin Preacher, bringing you the word. The Netflix series Painkiller is a brutal, accurate look at the development, marketing, and devastation wrought by OxyContin, the Sackler family cash cow that has already killed over 300,000 people. If you're wondering how the FDA could sign off on inflicting synthetic heroin on the American public, this six-part series explains it all. Plot spoiler, it was about what it's always about, M-O-N-E-Y, a sorry reason to ruin so many lives. Double B's is in the business of supporting the lives of Arkansans and Arkansas communities. Our 34 locations around the state are here for you. Double B's, it's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's. Unlike other shows, we don't talk over each other with old hee-haw jokes. It's bullcrap! Well, I ain't standing for this! Well, I ain't standing for this! Yeah, they're down! They're down! So call or text to actually be heard on Out of Bounds at 501-661-1037. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders, who said... I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. On 103.7 The Buzz. Guadney Chevrolet in Jacksonville is going above and beyond the competition to cancel unwanted loans and leases with their Guadney exclusive loan and lease termination program. So you don't want to miss out on this opportunity to get out of the vehicle you don't want. During September, everyone will be approved. Plus, Guadney Chevrolet knows everyone could benefit from having no car payments for the rest of the year. All offers with approved credit, of course. But they have also some great deals going on with some of their great vehicles, like the new, brand new Chevy Silverado at 0% financing with approved credit and no payments for the rest of the year. Not rest of the month, not rest of the week, rest of the year, no payments. Also 2.1% on 2023 Equinox, and they got plenty of inventory over there. So if you have yet to go over to Guatney Chevrolet, I don't know what you're doing. Head over there right now. The weather's good. The sales team is ready to get you in a vehicle that you want and you can't afford. And there's a reason why they're Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. It's Guadney Chevrolet out the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, 1301 TPY Drive. You can also shop them online at guadneychevrolet.com. No matter what it is, do it with Guadney Chevrolet and guadneychevrolet.com. Again, it's a wide open Wednesday here on Out of Bounds. And had uh, a lot of people that's been texting in our Southern Structural Solutions text line as well as our Azure Record Live fan feedback. So just to get to a few of those, this comes from the 870. It says, the fan in me would rather more pass, less run. Bully ball is boring at times. Not saying to abandon the run, but we don't have to rush for 200-plus yards a game to have a good offense. Look at Colorado or USC. Yeah, they run it, but pass <laughs> is a lot more fun to watch. <laughs> so, well, you know what's fun? Winning. That, that's all that matters in the end. Mm-hmm. Just would those offenses be as fun at USC or whatever if they weren't winning to go along with it? Probably not. But I don't care what happens if you win the game. Like, if this game against BYU, if Arkansas runs 
for 300 yards and they win, no one's going to care. No one's going to be mad or upset or anything like that. So, uh, all about getting the dub. But I, I get I get what your point is, though. It is a, it is a lot more exciting to have the, the passing game be a lot more involved and uh, can be a lot more fun. But I don't know. With the new p- rules and the clock moving so fast, though, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to have as many plays to really uh, have the, the big-time offenses and be as exciting, too. So Yeah, and, and usually passing the ball, you think about games being extended because of uh, you know the clock stopping and your passing, but when you're running the ball, it seems to go by a little bit faster, but the new rules doesn't matter if you're throwing it or running it. It's still going to... It's going to run regardless. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of low-scoring games, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of the uh, Auburn victory over Mississippi State that finished 3-2 to two back in 2008. That is still one of my favorite scores of all time in football. 3-2. to two. And Auburn was ranked number nine in the country at that point in time. Got the dub. That's all that mattered. Uh-huh. So, I would be curious to see what people would say if Arkansas beat BYU on Saturday 3-2. to two. I'm sure that they would be... Uh, Happy, right? T- t- like totally optimistic about People the rest of the year. People want to disregard defense these days, though. I defense know. is still a part of the game. So, if your defense is able to keep a team from scoring points, that's that's going to help you win games. That's right. Because uh, Arkansas won six and six last year. What kept them from going better record? Their defense. The defense. So yeah, defense still matters, folks. Defense is still very important. Also, uh, we had been thought we were talking about the whole Taylor Swift deal and. Uh, Rebecca texted in and said, "For uh, also the in sync, talking about their ages, uh, she wanted to let us know that Justin Timberlake's 42. He's the youngest, right? Lance Bass is 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Kirkpatrick is 51. Joey Fatone is 46, and JC is 47. The only so. surprise in that is that Joey Fatone is not older than JC. Mm-hmm. So my my question for you, Rebecca, is: Did you look that up, or did you know that oh, by see, heart? There's no no way she just knew that. That would be pretty impressive." And it'd also be a little uh, interesting if that was the case. But also, uh, Davian Hot Springs says Taylor Swift looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Don't see that, okay. but I, mean, I, I okay. I don't see it either. But you know, to each their own. Everyone's got their own you know thing to say about it. And also, five hundred one uh, was a uh, texted and says, "John, your girl ran away with the awards last night. She did VMAs and has a new boo." Ready for the Chiefs theme backups breakup song already because her and Tra- Tra- Travis Kelsey have been rumored to be uh, hanging out. Yeah, they said that uh, he's been secretly hanging out with Taylor Swift. So trying to keep it on the low for now, but there are people that are getting that info out. How do you secretly hang out with someone like Taylor Swift? Like, how does that secretly, like, everything about her life, she's on film everywhere. Yeah, but behind closed doors, you can do that as opposed to being out where. All the cameras are apparently not because it's being reported and being rumored that they're hanging out. So I guess yeah, somebody it, it had still to see. gets out there for sure. But they take measures to try to keep it on the low. Wasn't he the one that tried to give her that note at the concert too? Yeah, yeah. But you have to take certain steps to get from there to get to where you actually do meet and start hanging out. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he's he's been dealing with an injury, as we all know, and. Uh, you know, there could be a, a breakup song, something about oh, Kansas gonna City. There's going to be people trying to blame her for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, is it, and then how will that impact his game? You know, that could be very impactful. So, yeah, can't wait for the uh, the Kansas City breakup song. It's going to be great. Also, uh, Doug F. in Litterock says, don't care if we play bully ball or bull shrimp ball. I just want to win. There you go. That's the right mentality. That's the way you do it right there. So, uh, and so, Hog Fan James sent a meme about comparing Napoleon Dynamite to Taylor Swift. So, listen, I, it's, I never saw it that way. Now I'm probably not going to be able to unsee it after you sending me that image. But, uh, again, that's never something that's even crossed my mind at all. Uh, let's go to Corey, who's in Litterock. What's up, Corey? Hey, I was just calling in because uh, I've been working and I haven't been able to uh, congratulate uh, you on y'all's victory. Uh, and you just uh, were uh, commenting on uh, defenses and uh, just wanted to get your take on the Jets' defense, and I'll hang up and listen. All right, Corey. We'll appreciate it. Well, uh, that's the thing that was really overshadowed by all the other news that happened in the game. The Jets' defense, even last year and especially this year, the Jets' defense is incredible. I mean, they know that everyone has their bad game. You can't take it just one game, but – uh, Josh Allen and that Bills offense is not the type of offense that gets held to 
uh, so little amount of points and throws three interceptions in a game, especially all to one person. Like, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but the defense was stellar. Uh, they got turnovers. It wasn't just interceptions. They got fumbles, too. And you know, they, they were able to pounce on it. They got a lot of young guys out there. I love Sauce Gardner. Uh, he's, he's an incredible player. They've been Robert Sala has done a really good job with the defense. And, you know, we talk about g- games of being winning by offense or defense and whatever. That's honestly why the Jets were even in somewhat of a contention for a playoff spot last year is because of the defense. Because the offense struggled. You lost Brees Hall. But, uh, yeah, uh, the defense. And that's the thing. It's like the Jets, in my lifetime, has never really had a great offense. But they've, more often than not, at least in their good years, had good defense. Like they never had a great offense. Though. I guess like their greatest offense was probably what when they had Testaverde and Keyshawn Johnson and Curtis Martin, Wayne Corbett. You know, back there in the late '90s, maybe somewhere there. But since then, it's like, hey, just run the ball with Thomas Jones or uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, you know, run with those guys. Or uh, uh, was it Leon Washington? I believe he was there for a while. Uh, you know, just run the ball. Uh, and then have a passer that can sometimes throw the ball sometimes here and there. And that's, that's pretty much what it is. But defense is awesome, though. I'll say that. Uh, also, Hogfan James says you're welcome for that meme because you'll never be done see it. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and then the Asher Record Life Fan Feedback, Big Red says, do you, they know if Aaron Rodgers' recovery will have him back for playoffs or is he out for the entire season to uh, include the playoffs? No. He's done. He's, he will not play regular season, postseason. None of that. Next season. Yeah, probably. Any season. Seasons are over. All the seasons are over for Aaron Rodgers. No. Uh, he uh, he he may re- recover and want to come back and play. Mm. He does have a year on that contract, so we'll see. Yeah. But he will be out for sure all this year. And, I mean, who knows how much that pours over into the offseason, too. Like, until he can start, you know, getting back to his feel of the game and playing and, you know, being able to practice like, fully and full health. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll know the details of what the timeline looks like once it's all said and done, right? And the surgery and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's usually nine months to a year, somewhere around there. So yeah. Well, nine months to a year. He'll, he'll is still be ready a long if he time. wants to. If he wants to play, he'll be ready to play. Mm-hmm. I just want. I'm ready for him to go on Pat McAfee because that's the only place he goes on and talks to anybody. He needs they, to go on the Pat McAfee show. They had McAfee a doctor press. on in this place yesterday, mm. just talking about the injury. No. Oh, well. I want to hear from the man himself, Aaron Rodgers, which maybe he'll join next week, maybe next Tuesday. He'll, he'll be have on. his foot propped up, ready to go. Yep, and I'm sure uh, he'll have all the things that he wants to say and uh, bring up. And uh, I did get a little uh, little in my feels when uh, there was an interview I saw with Garrett Wilson, and they were saying that they asked him, like, hey, he talked to Aaron Rodgers, and he says, yeah, he went and kind of talked to him or whatever. And he said that, uh, you know, again, there, he's like, man, I'm so sorry and all that. Well, if Aaron Rodgers apologized to him and said, sorry, bud, like just kind of like, because he knew that this was going to be a big year for him and year for the Jets and the offense and all that. So, uh, you know, people can hate on Aaron Rodgers and feel a certain way about him, but it seems like most of his teammates always really like him and respect him and definitely had that from the Jets. And I just thought that was kind of a cool moment for Aaron Rodgers where it's like, hey, well, even thinking about himself or why he's just like, sorry for you, man. I'm sorry, bud. Like, this, you know, it's, yeah, I know Zach Wilson sucks, man. Like, I know I know he's not going to get you the ball. You're <laughs> Is that what he was to saying it. between the lines? I think so. I think it was a bar, probably more of a an understood sentiment uh, <laughs> that it's like, man, I'm so sorry. It had nothing to do with surgery. Him and that's like, man, I know he sucks. I, I know you're not going to get you're not going to get the ball much. Well, this year. Aaron Rodgers has been doing all he can to try to help Zach Wilson along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hope maybe we can see some of that uh, help that Aaron Rodgers was able to give to uh, Zach Wilson, but. Uh, they're only, you know, playing the Cowboys in Dallas this weekend. So, yeah. Sure, they'll be all right. Sure, it'll be okay. But all it's going to take, though, is the Zach Wilson to lead them in, in the victory over, over the Cowboys. People are going to be back on board. Back on board with the Jets. But, yeah, it sucks. But, hey, listen. And by people, you mean who? Me. Uh, okay. Yeah, me. That's all it's going to take. <laughs> I need to be shown something, Zach. Give me some hope. Give me something to feel good about. Give me a reason to believe. That's all I'm asking for. So Still got the Zach Wilson t-shirt. Break it out. Yeah. Well, I'll break it out when he shows me something. Then I might start believing. Because as the shirt says, anytime, any place. Well, now's, now's the, time, the time and now's the place. All right? Get it going. We got three and out on Out of Bounds coming up next. So stay with us. 
Willie D's Rock and Roll Piano Bar open every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Cold drinks and dueling pianos. Deep nightclub downstairs hosts karaoke on Tuesdays. And DJs spin on Friday and Saturday nights. Visit WillieD'sPianoBar.com. You know, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right back into your joints to restore and repair that damaged tissue without surgery. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a new alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, there's no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall moving around pain-free, doing the things that you love again, like walking, hiking, or even playing with those grandkids. Call QC Kinetics today for that free consultation. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. This is Pat Bradley for Whit Davis Lumber Plus. Whit Davis Lumber Company is your blueprint for success. Whether you're a professional contractor or just need a hand being handy, Whit Davis is your partner for getting the job done right. From quality materials to tools for projects inside and out, they understand how important quality is when it comes to your home. So, when you're in need of a lumberyard or hardware store, think of my friends over at Whit Davis. You can find them in Jacksonville, Cabot, Sherwood, and Greenbrier or online at WhitDavis.com. Jim Gaffigan here with some more straight talk. Let's take a moment to appreciate our sweet children, loving grandparents, and eternal soulmates. Now let's use them to save money on wireless. Because with the Straight Talk Silver Plan, you get four lines for just $25 a month with unlimited data and no contracts. So add those human pawns, I mean loved ones, and save money. Thanks, kids. You're finally worth it. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Get four lines on Silver Unlimited for $25 per line per month, plus taxes and fees. For data management practices and additional terms, visit straighttalk.com. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Justin Anchor reminding you that Serta Pro Painters is here to help you as we transition from summer into fall. And if you're thinking about doing something to the outside of your home, maybe it's long overdue, Serta Pro Painters is here to help. Have them come over, give you an estimate, and they can help walk you through the process of what it'll take to get it done. They can help you out with the color selection and everything else you need to get the job done right. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. For your home, for your business, get your place looking right with the help of my friends at Serta Pro Painters. Ortho Arkansas presents the High School Scoreboard Show with Randy Rainwater, Kevin Bohannon, and Barry Grooms every Friday night at 10, only on 103.7 The Buzz. Brought to you in part by First Security Bank. Have questions about retirement, investments, or your money? Call our financial hotline. Dial 501-381-5228 and leave a voicemail with your specific financial question and our experts will answer it on the Get Ready for the Future show Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Get your financial questions answered by the pros. 501-381-5228. Call now. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and Genwell Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial. It's not just about the size of the meat, it's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are... Boom. Out of here. All right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. 
Uh, I think it's kind of a funny sports story, and you Cardinal fans may not think so, but uh, Adam Wainwright, you know, he's been around for a long time, and he is one win away from getting to 200 wins, which is an incredible feat, especially for a pitcher, and it's it's awesome and great and grand and wonderful, but the thing is, is that Adam Wainwright has actually been really, truly terrible statistically this year for the Cardinals. In fact, he only had his fourth win of the season, putting his career total at 999, which is great, but his ERA is at 7.95, and he's only delivered two quality starts the entire season. But people are wondering, all right, does he get to 200? He'll have some opportunities. Time is winding down, but uh, it'll be he's got to get to 200 because if he doesn't, it's going to make this season be terrible where it's like, hey, your final year, you were awful, and then you were one time, one game short of getting to 200. But if you get to 200, I think most people will kind of be like, ah, well, you know, you may have sucked, but hey, you got to 200 wins. That's impressive. So he's got to get it. He's one win away. We'll see if it happens. But, man, has he been uh, pretty brutal for St. Louis this season. Senate is getting involved in the new Live PGA Tour deal. Senate Investigations Subcommittee issued a subpoena and they said uh, for documents from Saudi Arabia's new golf partnership with the PGA Tour, saying the kingdom had to be more transparent about what it said about its $35 billion investment into the United States. The Saudi's public investment fund cannot have it both ways, they said in a statement. If you want to engage with the United States commercially, it must be subject to United States law and oversight. So Senate not pleased about some of the uh, things they've heard about the deal so far because they haven't gotten many details on it. So we know that golf, as we were talking about earlier in the show, is a tough sport and it's supposed to be fun. And one of the greatest golfers, if not the greatest golfer of all time, Tiger Woods, always would listen to advice if he ever gave you any, right, when it comes to your golf game. Well, uh, he had a video where uh, he was being watched. It was kind of hard to hear or else I'd play it, but uh, somebody was sitting there watching him do some putts and they were just like, well, if you had some amateur golfers out there, what, what would be what would be your tip? And before he even finishes his question, uh, Tiger Woods responds with, don't watch bleeping YouTube. As in, don't watch it for guides on how to hit golf balls. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. Well, well, what about number two? What's number two? He says, go hit golf balls. So if, you want, if you're an amateur golfer, listen to Tiger, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, where don't watch YouTube, just go out and hit golf balls. And that's how you improve your game. Last night at the VMAs, Diddy won the Global Icon Award. And he had some interesting things to say in his acceptance speech. This is a a, a dream come true for me. I grew up watching MTV like, man, I wish one day I could be up there. And, um, you know, I started out as a paper boy, y'all. I didn't know I was going to be here. I started out as a paper boy at 12. And then... I was going to be an NFL football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't notice, but my, I, I planned on being a football player, and my leg got broke the last year. And then I got depressed, and I would be in the clubs dancing in New York, doing my Diddy Bop, and, and then people would see me, and they would cast me for videos. And that's how I fell in love with the music industry. I saw the executives, and I wanted to chase that dream. So I want to thank every executive, every producer, every songwriter. Man, you just got to keep dreaming. I know sometimes we get hit with those hard things. As I said, I thought I was going to be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but God made another choice, and I thank God for this choice that he made for me to be able to touch you. Now, here's a guy that grew up in New York, and he was watching the Steelers. So, wasn't watching the Giants, wasn't watching the Jets. Had dreams of playing for the Steelers. Mm, well, it still worked out for him, luckily. It worked out greatly. <laughs> that he got, He made the right choice, and... As he said, it wasn't necessarily his choice, but it all worked out. Yeah, with the amount of money he's got, every time he spits, someone catches it. Uh, So, hey, speaking of uh, greatness, Baker Mayfield, who, in my opinion, is leading the way for MVP in the NFL after week one, just throwing it out there. But uh, had success against Minnesota, and it was revealed how Baker was able to find out the defensive signals that they had in their game, where Baker said, quote, I just remember, or this was coming from a player, says, quote, I just remember Baker came into the locker room, literally at halftime, he said, I got it. We got all these signals. We're in there talking as an offense, like, I know all these signals. If they do this, they're going to cover two. If they do this, they're going into cover three. Every time I alert this and do this signal, they're dropping back to this. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I was just listening to him and listening to him, and we just kind of understood, and we went out and got it done. 
Incredible, Baker. Incredible. You were reading those signals, and you got the victory. So, uh, again, MVP type of stuff over there uh, from Baker Mayfield with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as he was able to get a big victory against Minnesota. Former wrestler Ken Patera, who was a close friend of Andre the Giant, said that Andre the Giant wouldn't use toilets at times. He would use bathtubs. And he said simply because the guy was too big. He said a big guy, when he has to go, he has to go. And he said that uh, there were other alternatives that he would use. There would be toilets at times. There would be tables. There would be just where he would put out newspapers and go there. But he said a lot of times he couldn't get to the toilets because he was too big. I mean, who among us have not used a bathroom uh, or a shower in a bathroom instead of actually using the toilet? Who among us? Uh, so I guess the uh, quarterback, net, uh, quarterback series on Netflix has found its quarterbacks, uh, or at least quarterback, uh, for the Peyton Manning series. And it's Matthew Stafford. He's going to be the QB there on quarterback on Netflix. And I think, of course, you know, someone has a Matt Stafford fan, if you're, you may be interested in it, and you may be interested in it regardless. But I think it just always goes back to, man, everybody was saying no to that. Nobody wanted to be in it. So they settled for Matt Stafford. All right, cool. He'll be in it next year. Don't know of anybody else that'll be in it officially, but he's definitely the one that uh, has accepted it and made the news. MTV VMAs last night, Best New Artist, something that Taylor Swift couldn't win. Ice Spice won it. And uh, Best Hip Hop, Nicki Minaj, who served as the host. And we know that there's a writer strike, but she's pretty uh, creative and pretty funny. So she did a good job in hosting last night. So you can have someone host and also win an award, isn't that like a she conflict? She hosted, performed, and won awards. I feel like that's a conflict of interest. But, hey, listen, kudos to her. Uh, also, I still laugh because, not that I watch the show very much, but we all know that Shannon Sharp is still on uh, first take. Moved over there. And this morning, third straight week, he called Stephen A. Smith Skip Bayless. Or Skip. Kept calling him Skip. So it's kind of a fun, maybe a possible running joke. But I'm like, listen, all right, it's fun at first, but man, come on now. Like, it's Stephen A. Smith. It's like you got to gotta get the name right because all you're doing is calling attention to Skip. But still pretty funny that's still happening after three weeks. They've been having some fun with that also uh, in the fact that Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp, they went to the Colorado game, and they've been calling them the private jet boys because they they went on a private jet, and there's video, and uh, even Mad Dog was like, he didn't get an invite. So Mm. there's been a lot of uh, of fun they've been having with that here lately. So uh, with Aaron Rodgers being out and some of the names that have been mentioned, there's uh, some names from a source that they put out of possible quarterbacks. One that hasn't been mentioned just yet, Josh Johnson, who's on the Ravens roster. Josh Johnson's still playing? He's still playing. Is He like he played the, for the 49ers last year. Yeah, but I thought that was just because they were out of everybody and they were desperate. I didn't know he was like, oh, no, let's still give him a shot and put him on the Ravens roster. So, okay. Sure, why not? Sign him up yeah, at this point the win, time. they said go get Josh Johnson. Uh, well, I've heard worse ideas. Somebody tweeted at me said Mark Sanchez. Been there, done that, and got the butt fumble to prove it. Appreciate everybody listening to Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I'm John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Stay tuned, folks. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. Razorback fans, this Saturday night, it's BYU versus Arkansas at 6.30 p.m. Plenty of TVs at Brewski's and the legendary Brewski-tron with full game sound. Enjoy drink specials and the best game day food in the city at Brewski's. Stick around after the game for Saturday night karaoke in the bar at 9 p.m. And Dude Calls Rob in the basement playing a live open format DJ set till 2 a.m. For more info on VIP sections, Brewski's Pub and Grub.com. This Saturday night, 